This is the post-game podcast on the Blood Red channel, bringing you all the big match reaction with views from the press box, the dugout and the stands. Hello and welcome back to the post-game podcast here on the Blood Red channel, where we come to you after Liverpool suffered a humbling 4-1 defeat at the hands of Napoli. The Reds started poorly, conceding two penalties and one goal before completely capitulating and trailing 3-0 at the break. The second half began in much the same fashion with Napoli adding a fourth quickly, before Luis Diaz gave Jurgen Klopp's men some consolation on a sour night at the Estadio Diego Armando Maradona. Tonight, we have Paul Gorse's verdict from Naples, followed by Jurgen Klopp's press conference and plenty of fan reaction from a disappointing European night. The post-game podcast on the Blood Red Channel. Liverpool Champions League group stage is up and running in the worst possible starts after a uh, shocking 4-1 collapse here against Napoli and uh, Naples at the uh, Diego Armando Maradona Stadium. There's no uh, better player to name a stadium after, but uh, the great man would not have enjoyed much of what he'd seen uh, from Liverpool's perspective this evening. Of course, he would have been overjoyed by what he's seen from his uh, former team as they ruthlessly put the uh, last season's finalists to the sword with it. An impressive victory, it has to be said. Um, they come flying off the traps. Victor Oshman hit the post uh, with about 42 seconds on the clock. Peter Zielinski scored the first of his two from the penalty spot after around five minutes. Uh, James Munler uh, handled for that one. Um, and the hosts continued to, uh, to pour the misery on the Reds. Um, Andre Frank uh, Anguissa scored, and um, Giovanni Simeone off the bench um, completed the, the route. It was um, Three and a half time, and Liverpool um, were probably lucky to uh, to go in just three goals down. It has to be said. Um, Oshman also missed a penalty; um, it could have inflicted even worse damage on Liverpool. Never really looked like they were going to get back in the game. Uh, Zelinski made a four 0 shortly after the restart with a lovely flick over Allison, who was on the floor, having made a, an impressive save initially. Uh, Luis Diaz fired in a scant consolation for the Reds to make a four one uh, shortly after the. Fourth goal, but it never really felt like Liverpool were going to get back into this one. Uh, Klopp brought on Thiago Alcantara, Diogo Jota, Darwin Nunes, and it's an impressive uh, trio of substitutes to bring on, but none of them were able to uh, get Liverpool into gear. Thiago was probably the best of those three performers off the bench, um, but it was a really disappointing, despondent night for Jürgen Klopp. He was actually asked in the post-match press conference if he feared for the sack. Uh, That's probably a little overdramatic, it must be said, but it was kind of uh, weighed against Thomas Tuchel's sack at Chelsea earlier today. Klopp uh, kind of dismissed it. He said that uh, Liverpool's owners, uh, unlike Chelsea's, um, so they're a lot more calm and would back him to sort it out. But uh, he does have something to sort out, has to be said. It's a little bit of a mess at the moment. If Liverpool's start to the season was underwhelming, it's now become a little bit of a crisis. Uh, so many performers um, dipping far below the standards of last season, and perhaps there is a little bit of a hangover from last season. So many of Liverpool's squad are refusing to kind of accept that as a 30 so far. Fabinho, uh, Alison Becker and, and Klopp himself have all kind of rejected that, uh, so is Virgil van Dijk, but uh, the evidence is stacking up, it has to be said. So it's finished here at um, the uh, Diego Armando Maradona Stadium, Napoli 4, Liverpool 1. You've been listening to the post-game podcast on the Blood Red Channel. Yeah, of course, I may have been... Um... <sighs> A long flight from Liverpool to Napoli. Um, all the things the people invest. Um, I, I understand it 100%. It was a very disappointing night. So of course I have to, I have to say sorry for that. It's clear. Jurgen sembrava che lei sia andato dai tifosi a chiedere scusa alla fine partita. Qual è stato il suo messaggio per i tifosi? 
concetto è un volo molto lungo da Liverpool a Napoli, quindi capisco la deduzione, è stata una serata molto deludente. So it's obviously not the first um, time tonight that I speak to the media, as I have said now a couple of times. So I think the, the problems we had tonight were obvious. So number one, Napoli played a really good game, we played a really bad game. Um, why did we play a bad game? A little bit because we cannot ignore the start, how it happened, how it started with the penalty. Then, um, Shortly after that, another penalty. So in this atmosphere, that's not easy. But our problem is obviously a different one. We just didn't play good enough. And that means in our specific case, we were never compact. I can't remember a situation where we were compact. We had for 60 minutes not one counter-pressing situation in a game where we lost a lot of balls just because we were too far away from everything. That means we are wide in possession. We, are, um, we don't push up to the last line. We, are, we have the midfield is not connected, so, so these are the football things, they're obvious. Um, the question is now, because I know the boys want to play a good game, want to do the right thing, well, that's why they don't do it, why we don't do it, and that's uh, it's always my job to figure that out. So in the, so the first time that we don't play uh, particularly well, I know that, um, and there's some reason which we know, but I really think with all the things that happened, we should have played tonight a much better game, and we did. And um, again, my responsibility, just the problem is, since the game finished, I speak to media, I didn't have time to think about what happened, and I, I really think it makes sense to think a second longer, watch the game back, try to understand, and then have to write a message for the boys, because that's the most important thing. Quindi, qual è stata la chiave della partita? Perché avete perso questa partita? Stasera, come fate adesso andare oltre questa sconfitta? Eh, purtroppo eh, non è la prima volta stasera che parlo con i giornalisti e credo che i nostri problemi siano stati evidenti. Il Napoli ha giocato molto bene, noi abbiamo gioco, giocato molto male. Perché noi abbiamo giocato molto male? Potremmo anche trascurare un po' l'inizio dove abbiamo iniziato male con, uh, con questo rigore che abbiamo concesso. Poco dopo c'è stato un altro rigore e poi chiaramente una situazione del genere non è facile con un'atmosfera come questa, ma eh, i nostri problemi sono appunto il fatto che non abbiamo giocato, non mi ricordo una sequenza di 60 secondi in cui non, non siamo mai riusciti a, a, a essere compatti, eravamo troppo larghi, non, uh, non c'è mai stato un esempio di, eh, di contropressing, il centrocampo non è relegato agli altri reparti della, eh, della squadra, quindi i problemi li vedo sono evidenti. Eh, io so che i giocatori volevano fare una teleprestazione, io so che i giocatori eh, volevano fare le cose giuste, ma alla fine non sono riusciti a fare le cose giuste, quindi sta a me capire eh, questi problemi. Ripeto, eh, non è la prima volta che, abbiamo giocato, che non abbiamo giocato bene quest'anno, quest io conosco qualche motivo per queste prestazioni deludenti, eh, ma avremmo dovuto giocare meglio. Assumo io le responsabilità, ma ripeto, ho già parlato più volte con i giornalisti questa sera, questo ha fatto sì che io non abbia avuto tempo per riflettere e pensare questa sconfitta, adesso devo rivedere la partita un'altra volta eh, affinché io possa arrivare col messaggio giusto eh, per, da, 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 da dare ai giocatori. Look, I'd say some of 
Now it's how I said, you don't drink a lot after the game, you, 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 you react more. So when I said that, it's true, we, that we have to kind of reinvent ourselves because it's just, um, so basic things were not there. So it's a, it's a difficult period, no doubt about that. But um, if you're not playing exceptionally well, you still can defend on a really high level. We should be able to do that. We are obviously, but in this moment, we are kind of in between. Like, I know did the start in the game that doesn't help. So, like, we, we want to defend well and concede a penalty after three minutes. In the next one, I don't know exactly when it happened, but after 10 minutes, that's so obviously then you cannot exactly do that. So, it's like we are in between. Well, tonight, we were caught in between, if you want. Um, but still, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a job to do. That's what I mean. It's not that we have to re invent a new kind of football. We always try to improve, but at this moment, obviously, we'll, everybody would be happy if we just could, could play similar stuff to what we used to play, or let me say, like we said tonight. That was the, the least compact performance I saw for a long, long time from us and our teams as well. It was just. Again, Napoli was really good, but we made it easy for them. Like because we lost the ball in areas, and they, the next situation was a counterattack. No, that's not how it should be. And uh, that's why the, you know, a few things are really clear. We have to change that. And the reason why it's now like this is getting a bit more clearer as well. But I need time to. Um, or, or, or just saying the right things because in the moment it's not on no sense. Clear. Uh, Jürgen, capisco che che lei debba ancora rivedere la partita, ma ho sentito qualche sua dichiarazione dopo la partita in cui ha parlato di, del, del fatto di dover reinventare la squadra e eh, in che modo eh, si può fare. Um, Chiaramente non, non si ragiona molto subito dopo una partita, tendenzialmente si reagisce e, e basta. Io ho detto quella frase, quindi per certi versi sì, dobbiamo reinventarci perché ci sono delle basi che mancano in questo momento. È chiaro che questo è un periodo molto difficile per noi, senza alcun dubbio, ehm, però anche se non si gioca molto bene, si può comunque difendere molto bene, difendere a livello... Noi purtroppo in questo momento siamo un po' a metà strada tra una buona prestazione e una buona prestazione dal punto di vista difensivo. Sicuramente l'inizio della partita non ci ha aiutato perché abbiamo concesso questo calcio di rigore dopo tre minuti e non so quando sia successo il secondo rigore ma credo dopo dieci minuti. Ripeto, noi siamo un po' in questa terra di nessuno in questo momento, c'è tanto lavoro da fare. Quando ho parlato di questa reinvenzione del nostro calcio non stavo dicendo che dobbiamo proporre un calcio nuovo eh, è chiaro che si, si, si vuole sempre migliorarsi, eh, ma eh, sarebbe già qualcosa di buono se riuscissimo a giocare come abbiamo fatto negli anni passati. Non mi ricordo mai una, una partita con così mh, poca compattezza, è eh, da tanto tempo che non ho visto una prestazione eh, di questo genere da parte della mia squadra. Ripeto, il Napoli ha, ha giocato molto bene, ma noi abbiamo anche reso la vita molto facile a, a Napoli perché abbiamo perso il possesso palla, questo poi ha scatenato un contropiede, e non avremmo dovuto fare così. Alcune cose sono evidenti e che possiamo cambiare, dobbiamo cambiare, altre cose devo ancora capire un po' la soluzione, ma ripeto, mi servirebbe un po' di tempo ehm, pur di dire le cose giuste ai giocatori.
Sapendo che Laura attaccando così Berucci, non è stato un rischio giocare con la difesa così alta? Good evening, given that Napoli has such fast forward players, was it not a risk to play with such a high line? <laughs> the high line is a risk if you don't have can get pressure on the ball usually. If you have a high line and the opponent has absolutely no we don't have any pressure on the, on the guy on the ball, yes, then it's a risk, but that's usually not the case. The problem is not the high line. We need the high line to be compact. The problem is that we never were close enough to put the opponent under pressure. Sì, eh, credo che una, la difesa alta non è un problema, diventa un problema uh, soltanto a partire dal momento in cui non si riesce a pressare bene. È chiaro che la, questa linea difensiva molto alta diventa un problema dal momento in cui il portatore del pallone non è, non è pressato, appunto. Solitamente non ci sono problemi finché eh, si rimane compatti, ma noi non, siamo, eh, non ci siamo mai avvicinati abbastanza al portatore del pa eh, di pallone. Hi, Oma Katsutola, I represent the Monster of the Con. You talked about having a bad game, and you had a couple of bad games this season, which has culminated into your worst season since you became the manager of Liverpool. This same thing has happened to Thomas Tokov, which has made him suck. Do you kind of worry that this same thing will happen to you? You can translate first. Sure. I can remember the question. Okay. Um, detto che non è la prima volta che ha avuto una, una brutta prestazione quest'anno, anzi sono già diverse brutte prestazioni da parte della sua squadra, tant'è vero che è, è la peggior stagione finora da quando lei è allenatore della, del Liverpool. E, um, Abbiamo visto gli stessi problemi con il Chelsea, con uh, Thomas Tuchel, tant'è vero che poi lui ha perso il, il posto di lavoro, è stato esonerato. Lei non teme che possa succedere una cosa simile? Non really, but <laughs> who knows. Um, the difference we have our, um, obviously, there are different kind of owners. Our owners are rather calm and expect from me to sort the situation and not thinking that somebody else will sort it if that's how they always saw it and um, on the day when they change their thoughts then they might tell me. The post game podcast on the Blood Red Channel. Steve Dawson on Liverpool's dreadful performance in Naples really, really tremendously disappointing. Uh, an awful start, and, and James Milner has to be held responsible for that. He inexplicably stuck his hand out, giving away an early penalty, and then committed a foul which compromised the entire team because he knew that he couldn't really commit himself in challenges after having got the yellow card. <laughs> Not... He did actually go ahead and commit himself in challenges and, and was probably lucky to stay on the field. And it was no surprise when he was eventually taken off. But uh, Milner was just one of many players on the field who did not cover themselves in glory. They should have been, Napoli should have been, and I'm not saying could, they should have been 5-0 up at half-time. Remember, they missed a penalty. Van Dijk cleared an effort off the line and I'm not even including 
the effort that hit the post when uh, Alison Becker was rounded in the first 40 seconds. You know, so they were just all over us. And I think they were they were reasonably good. You know, they, they certainly looked lively running at us. But we didn't help our cause by just being absolutely dire in that situation. We looked helpless when they ran at us. They danced around us. They outmuscled us in the challenge. They certainly outpaced us. They were much quicker mentally as well. I mean, some of the the mental sluggishness in defence was dreadful to see. Joe Gomez, worst performance I've ever seen from him in a Liverpool shirt. Fabinho, at times, uh, I think it was the second goal, was it, where he just looked at the player as he ran past him. I mean, he was probably just on, on the wrong foot. I, I mean, that's that's the excuse you hope to make for him, but I, I haven't really seen much evidence of that. He just sort of gazed at the player as he danced past him, as he waltzed past him. It was it was awful, awful to see. Virgil van Dijk, I think I'm right in saying now, has given away two penalties in this short season that we've had so far. The last podcast I touched on the fact that you know we may well be seeing... Virgil van Dijk in decline. Um, I think you know that's the evidence is starting to uh, support that. Since that horrific injury he had, we haven't seen the best of him, and he is at times now starting to look a little bit vulnerable. Um, Trent defensively just looked poor. I was watching the B in coverage and. Um, Richard Keyes is pretty poor as well, but he just made a statement, can't defend at the beginning. Trent Alexander-Arnold can't defend. He he just made that statement, said it like that, and which which cut to the quick and, and really hurt. And I, sitting on my own in my, in my living room, I protested loudly. But it's hard to back up your argument when you watch him make the performance that he made, it, particularly in the first half today. Going forward, actually, Trent, not too bad. A couple of decent crosses one cross in particular that he got in that was at uh, the byline over the goalkeeper's head and it was it was headed away by the defender but did well to get the cross in and I'm clutching at straws of course in in trying to to pick out positive aspects of the game Mo Salah was off colour you know really at sixes and sevens um, if, if there is a bright spot to look at if there is something positive that I think Obviously, Diaz had a good game. I don't think many people would argue with that. He was the the one light in a very dark 90-plus minutes. Harvey Elliott, I thought, um, showed energy and um, and maturity when all around him were really not helping him by by leading the way with with their experience. I thought Andy Robertson was had an okay game. It's a little bit sad when we're highlighting players that had an okay game. The other, the other positive aspect of all of this, you know, is that we shouldn't lose sight of the big picture, which is that it's not too difficult to get out of a UEFA Champions League group. Four teams, top two, go through. You can afford to lose games, and on paper, the toughest game of the six that we were to play would be in Napoli. So, you know, we've 
We've played the toughest game of the six and we've lost it. And we are far from out <laughs> of of this, this tournament. But, you know, you could also claim that the bigger picture is about Liverpool's form this season, how we really haven't reached any decent form um, other than uh, a single game where we slashed a load of goals in against a very, very poor side. And uh, it's starting to look worrying. I do believe we'll get out of it. I do believe we've got an outstanding manager and uh, a deep squad of players, but we have to get our players back from injury. We have to get them into a rhythm, and we've got to find <laughs> we've got to find some goals because we're not scoring and we're defending poorly. And uh, ultimately, that's going to be down to the manager. And I trust in Jurgen at Galasahi on Twitter. G U L A S A H I. The Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel. Mike Holt from Go on the Match Podcast with my review on Napoli 4, Liverpool 1. Um, that was extremely depressing and has got me worried going into this season about where we'll be come May. Um, slow, lethargic, no creativity. No passion, no fight. Weak, outfought, outfought, naive. You know, all these sort of words just spring to mind when you've watched that performance. The game was done in the first 20 minutes. Um, it could have been done in the first 10, but we were absolutely pathetic. Um, the biggest criticism I can probably pay this team at the moment is that they don't look like they don't look like a team. Um, last season going into all the way into uh, the latter stages of the four competitions winning two of them you know we did look like a team that was the biggest compliment that I could pay to them but they look far from that they look like a group of individuals at the moment Um, I don't really know what the answer to it is to be quite honest Um, but I can tell you something playing Joe Gomez alongside Van Dijk definitely isn't the answer going forward um joe gomez didn't know what day of the week it was in that first half uh i couldn't believe what i was seeing it was sunday league football absolutely pathetic van dyke wasn't much better to be quite honest um the fullbacks trent i don't really know what's what's the crack with trent this season so far um his body language just looks off he doesn't look interested. There's only one game that he's looked good in this season, personally, I think, and that was the Bournemouth one. Um, Robertson... He can't, Robertson can't even pass five yards at the moment without re- reaching, an op- reaching an opposition player. I don't really know what... His confidence is absolutely shot. Midfield, I feel sorry for James Milner at this point. I think he's getting thrown thrown in at the deep end. Um, it's kind of not fair on him because I don't really know what you expect from him, but he's getting played and he's going to try his best, isn't he? And unfortunately, he shouldn't be playing for Liverpool or starting for Liverpool, should I say, in 2022. Um, Harvey Elliott, I thought, played well. He he was kept trying, and that's what you can say about him. Every game this season, you know, he keeps going. You can't fault his commitment. He didn't have much to go with up front, did he? And, you know, he had nothing in front of him, really. 
Fabinho is probably my favourite player in this Liverpool team. Doesn't look on it at the moment. Looks a shadow of himself. Salah, shadow of himself. I'd drop him for Saturday. I wouldn't play him. I'd start someone ahead of him. I, I don't know what's wrong with him, but he needs dropping. Um, Bobby Firmino, poor. Every time he got the ball, he lost it. Stupid little flicks, not good enough. Diaz, our best player on the day, took his goal well, kept trying, had a few chances in the second half. Substitutes, Artur, Artur Mello coming on. Um, didn't really have much time to impress. Thiago looked really good when he came on. Nunes, again, it's tough to sort of um, put a judgment on Nunes and Jota when they came on and hardly had any time, but I suppose they looked a little bit more lively than Bobby Firmino and Mo Salah did. I, 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 don't, I don't really know what to say about Liverpool at the moment. I just think, like I said at the start, the biggest criticism you can pay, them, pay to them is that they don't look like a team anymore. I, I don't know what it is that's caused this. I'm not, you know, how how can you put nine past Bournemouth and then play like this and then play like we did in the derby? Newcastle, we didn't play very well either. We just got lucky at the end. You know, the, Liverpool got to be very, very careful now that this season doesn't become a very long one in the sense that, you know, we fall out of a few cups and it, it, you know it peaks into nothing. You've got they've got to be very careful. I was very worried in that transfer market this summer. I know it's very easy to say in hindsight now, but for me, if you stand still, you, you fall backwards. And Liverpool do not invest enough money into their squad, and that is why today we are starting with James Milner in this midfield. It's we we don't know how we're going to close the gap to teams like City if we don't invest in this team. Especially when we're selling players that are squad players. People like Minamino, people like Origi. They were coming off the bench and making a little bit of an impact in games last season. I don't know how Jürgen fixes this, but he needs to fix it quick and it needs to start on Saturday. The Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel. Terrible performance from Liverpool in the Champions League away at Napoli and probably just sums up the way the season's going at this moment in time. With lots of very average performances obviously put culminating in, in a dreadful one, really. One that's given Liverpool an uphill task at the start of the uh, the European group. But there's no doubt to me, in my mind, that I mentioned this before, but none of, there's so many individuals in Liverpool's side which are not playing well. And when you've got elite players within your side who are dropping to such a low level as individuals, all at the same time as a collective, then you're always going to struggle to to win games or get on the right side of the results. And unfortunately, whether it's Liverpool's important players who are playing in the back line, playing in midfield or playing at the top end of the pitch, the level of performance individually from the majority has been nowhere near previous seasons and nowhere near what Liverpool needed to be if they to compete at the top end of the Premier League and in the Champions League. So that's the first thing. But the second thing I would say is, and I want to really touch on this, is the collective. Because when Liverpool have been at their absolute best in recent seasons, they've been fantastic out of possession, fantastic at putting pressure on the ball, high in opposition territory, especially in the Champions League, winning the ball back, camping the opposition in their own half, and are never more dangerous when they lose the ball themselves and are then able to regain it when 
the opposition are then trying to go forward and in more vulnerable shape because obviously they're looking to progress the ball and players potentially looking to get into higher areas and Liverpool then exploit that space. And that is not no longer the case anymore for Liverpool, what I've seen this season, unfortunately. And what I mean by that is we know that Liverpool had fantastic physical players within that midfield, the likes of Henderson, the likes of Wijnaldum, who were at the physical peaks and could basically pressure the ball and win it back excellently in the final third when the game was in transition. But what really helped them do that and the most important part of everything to do with applying pressure and being able to, to win the ball and also not just winning the ball to attack but also being in a position where you actually safeguard your own back line because if your unit of the team and if the players within one particular unit of the team are well-organised, well-coordinated, you will win the ball back, give yourself an opportunity to be able to, to score a goal, but not only that, you'll make it so the opposition can't hurt you. They can't find the spaces that you've left in behind when you've elevated position players to try and win the ball because players and uh, opposition players can't get their heads up, they can't play forward, and Liverpool are back on the ascendancy. Now, it, did they massively help to have players at the physical peak when Liverpool were able to do that? Absolutely. And, and good physical specimens as well. But that's not a necessity. So, for example, Thiago is a fantastic player for Liverpool, but you wouldn't say by any means he's a fantastic physical player in terms of his physical capability to be able to cover ground, etc. Now, what he is is fantastic intelligence, both with and without the possession, and that's what makes him a world-class player. But if you have that level of intelligence and if the team is well-organised and the distances between teammates are so well-coordinated, then that is the reason the team is able to win the ball back. It doesn't matter if you're the quickest player in the world, it doesn't matter if you're the strongest player in the world. If you have good coordination in a collective, that is far more effective than if you've got single magnificent uh, physicality within your team. Does it help to have that physicality? Absolutely. But it is not a necessity. You look at Barcelona, for example, and you'd have Xavi, Iniesta, Busquets in the greatest pressing team there probably ever has been. That the, the world has witnessed all not fantastic strength wise, all not fantastic in terms of opening the legs. I mean, Busquets at times looks like he's, he's running in sort of quicksand. But the intelligence of them players to be able to pressure the ball in the right areas, the coordination from the manager allowed the team to suffocate the ball, protect their own back line, and put themselves in the ascendancy going forward. And Liverpool could still do that, even if they don't have the perfect profile of players. Harvey Elliott, for example, is a a player who's played on the highest line of the pitch, still mature and physically, and obviously can't dominate physically in, in that sense. James Milner is a 37-year-old who should no longer be playing football, in my opinion, for Liverpool. have said that for two years in central midfield. And Fabinho is a player who's better at covering small distances when the team's organised rather than big distances because he's not... Well, to put it bluntly, he is not great at opening his legs and, and managing bigger spaces. So none of them players are ideal. But give yourself a chance in terms of the positioning of players. Don't elevate so many players so high so often that vacates that midfield and leaves massive gaps within um, the pitch for the opposition to then exploit. You should always have one man pressure in the ball, one player in a supporting role and one player providing some depth to be able to not allow that the opposition to to be able to find them line-breaking passes or them 
divisions within your midfield. And that's currently not happening. There's something wrong in the organisation of Liverpool's team. And at this moment in time, Liverpool are never more vulnerable when they have the ball themselves. They try and force the ball far too often. I mean, what makes Manchester City so great, for example, and what makes the great side so great, and what probably made Liverpool great over the last few years is picking the right pass at the right time in the final third. Too often, Liverpool are in possession because they dominate the majority of the ball in games. And then what you'll find is a forced pass with a poor way to pass, a poor accuracy, balls played in the air to players very difficult to control, moves break down, rather than circulating the ball, moving the ball, moving the opposition's legs, getting the ball into advanced areas, pausing when you need to, delaying the attacks, none of that. Forcing the ball, players then exiting the position too early in midfield, and a massive problem then happen when the opposition can counter-attack. And that, for me, is fundamentally a massive issue for Liverpool, and probably the biggest one. We all know that Liverpool's defenders have had to manage 1v1 scenarios and, and big spaces in behind. That's why Liverpool have athletes to play in them centre-half positions, for example. And there's no doubt that them players individually are not managing them spaces and managing them scenarios well enough. But the ease in which the opposition are actually getting into them situations is the biggest cause for concern for me. Because the level of coaching, the level of detail that Liverpool have had through the, the years have excelled them to a level which have been able to compete for all the biggest prizes in the game. I don't doubt that Liverpool have had outstanding players, some world-class players dotted around the side. But their biggest, biggest strength for me has been a level of elite coaching and elite teamwork, both in and out of possession. And that is not the case at this moment in time. And it's it's far from it. And you can talk about all the individual errors and all the individuals not playing well. And I totally agree. I could go through all of them now. I mean, Joe Gomez had a nightmare today. But there is something fundamentally wrong about the organisation of that team. So that's the big one to come out of it today for me. And unless until Liverpool are able to address that and get the position of the players better, then Liverpool are going to continue to suffer. And it's going to be a really hard watch. Obviously, Thiago will, will improve that situation no end. But it, there's no easy fix for Liverpool at this moment in time. It looks really difficult. Again, we can talk about individuals on different days. But for me, the big thing to come out of the game today, like I've mentioned, was the organisation of the team. And that, for me, is the biggest worry. You can correct... Obviously, individuals who, if the league players will come back to the level that they've previously been, but why have Liverpool been in a situation where all of a sudden they have lost that structure, that discipline, which has allowed them to be in a situation where now they are losing games, and not only that, deservedly losing games and deservedly, lo deservedly losing control against the vast majority of teams they play against on a weekly basis. <laughs> You've been listening to the Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel.